170 of the Great Escape Minute, the daily podcast where we dig into the Great Escape one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today and hopefully tomorrow is Jason Sturzik of Agent Palmer. Welcome to the show, Jason, or Palmer, no, however you want to be called. Thank, thanks for having me. Yeah, this is this was fun. Uh, well, we haven't we haven't done it yet. <laughs> but I did the, this. Okay, but doing the homework and watching the film was the fun part. Like, I mean, this is fun too. But like, it's not like you're like, oh, read this book that you may not like. No, it's like no, I, I got to watch a classic. That's true. That's very true. And hopefully, I'll get you converted into to liking movies by minute movies, uh, movie by minute podcasts that you ne- not, haven't necessarily listened to before. Well, you know, that it's really going to take up a lot of your time. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Which, which, which I know that you and I both know that the two of us have so much free time on our hands. So why not? You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just throw another podcast on the queue. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So episode 170, and I'm still surprised that I've made it this long. I mean, 170 minutes of a movie. That's a hell of a long time. We're yeah. talking, we're, we're, we're at the two hours and 50 minutes. That's that's just absurd. And especially this was my first Movies by Minute podcast. <laughs> I mean, go big or go home, right? <laughs> that's true. That's true. All right. So <laughs> episode 170 begins with Ramsey making eye contact with Von Luger and goes all the way till we get to see Hiltz entering the cooler again. again. You know, he's, he, he hasn't been in the cooler at all throughout the entire movie. So I guess they figured for for the third to last minute we might as well put him back in the cooler yeah. or put him in the cooler because then we can't call him the cooler king well i you mean <laughs> but but well he was in twice already so yeah i mean uh, twice he was in three times three oh yeah, yeah, yeah. so he's been three times he went in he went in because the the first time when when he showed that he had the the clipper the wire clippers oh, on the first day yep then when he and ives got out and then they got caught and then uh, for the reconnaissance, their, their tunneling, yeah. and then for the reconnaissance was in number three. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. but we'll get there. We'll get there. It's, it's the end of the minute. We'll, we have a little bit of time till we get there. Yeah. So, as we saw yesterday, everyone is pretty much upset at Von Luger for the way that he has handled everything and the fact that he allowed seventy six prisoners to somehow get out of his camp. So he is in big trouble. So we yesterday we saw that he was being escorted out of his office. Oh. Ramsey is is and all of the prisoners are sitting there watching Von Luger being escorted out of his office and into his car. So that's pretty much how this this starts. Now, first of all, throughout the entire movie, we've seen the relationship that Ramsey Ramsey and Von Luger have with one another. The two of them have a lot of respect for the other. They are both colonels. They both know what's going on, and. They both want to have somewhat peaceful relationships throughout the whole thing, but th- they both still have obviously different views on what that means by having a peaceful relationship. Yes. Well, and I mean, look, th- that like this minute starts with that look like and like the the actor Hans Messimer, like th- that look is so many things, right? Like it's it's. It's respect, but it's also like remorse. Like it's a, it's a guy respectfully looking back because like they had those conversations earlier on where it's like this is my job 
Our job is to make it hard for you, not to just lay down and make it easy. Right. So, so there's Instead a respect. Instead of just out the war uh, yeah. comfortably. But, but there's a respect there. But I also feel like in that that one look like off at the very beginning, like it's also like a a remorse, like uh, you know, I I know where I'm going. Like this is a guy who's clearly headed to the Russian front. Yeah. Um, and w- while it's it's kind of like just an underline, because I feel like n- n- they don't, you know, at this point you're just presumed based on what we've talked about before, and I guess knowing. I, I, you know, the, the, the Hogan's heroes of it all, the, the threat always being like sending, you know, somebody to the Russian front. It's like, well, it's not okay. just Hogan's hero. They had it here also. I mean, you had, well, it's, every, it, well uh, it's everywhere it goes yeah. to the Russian front, you know, but, but that look is so like, I feel like I, this, this minute has two of the best looks in the movie, right? Yes. Like it's that look right there. And then the look we're going to get to in a moment, right. It, it's just, those looks mean so much because there's out of context. I don't think they out of context. I think McQueen's look means something, but Hans is everything about in the moment and of that time. And it just, it like you feel it. Right. I mean, I think Von Luger's look here also basically says that he feels betrayed. You know, he knows where he's going. He's not happy with what they did because you know, the fact that they got 76 out is what's basically screwed him over. So yeah. it is, it, 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 you're right. There is remorse on his face, but there is also betrayal. He's like, I thought we had a deal. <laughs> you know, you're, you're not gonna, you're not gonna cause me problems. We're gonna sit out the war uh, nice and quietly and that's it. But apparently that is not what happened. No. No. <laughs> you're right. The the looks are everything, and I mean they're they're both great actors, both Hans Mesner and James Donnell, who I yeah. always love in Bridge on the River Kwai, because he's just yeah. great in there. It's madness, madness. <laughs> but <laughs> so the the two of them, the, I mean we're not going to see very much. We're obviously we're not going to see Von Luger at all after this this minute, and I think uh, yeah, this is actually the last minute of Ramsey also. So the two of them, this is this yeah. is their farewell looks to 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 each other and to us as the viewers, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and then the the car just drives off. Yep. And, and then we see McQueen in the background playing with his handcuffs. You see him moving his hands back and forth. You know, maybe maybe they're trick handcuffs or something like that. Who knows? You know, he's trying to do a magic trick. You know, you have the the rings that you you quickly put together and pull apart. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's actually what Hiltz is doing. Yeah, that's the type of guy that I mean, he is. I mean, Hilt it's funny, too, because, like, Hiltz is, like, um, the range of emotions that he goes through in this little, like, from the last minute to this minute, where it's, like, he learns kind of about everything else, and then he sees what just happened, and now he sees, you know, his... I, I guess to me, it's Hiltz looking at his next opponent, right? Yes. Like a video game, like next up, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, you beat that boss. Now you're on to the next boss, right? right. Like, just... what can you do with this next one? That's right. A hundred percent. I think that is a great analogy. I, I didn't even think of that. You see, I need someone like you who's a gamer who, who can talk about these type of things. You know? Well, it's also, it's also too, like, there's, um, 
like McQueen's smile is not just a it's not just a smirk. It's like it's a smirk that then morphs into a smile, right? And it right. it kind of gives you this idea that like he kind of enjoys it. Yeah, of course he um, enjoys it. That that's that's the impression we always get from Hiltz. Yeah. Hiltz is a guy yeah. who who enjoys everything that he does. You yeah. don't see him you don't see him stress out about anything. No. No, I mean it's just I mean this is so I I I would I've been trying to think about this since I saw it. I, I'm pretty sure this is McQueen at the top of his game, right? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. this it, is this is what put him over the top. After after this movie, you know, he was in Bullet, he was he, he was eventually in Towering Inferno and something like that. I mean, but this this is the movie that everyone realized that Steve McQueen is a star. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean and, he does it. There's no question about it. Most people, when you think of the Great Escape, are going to think of Steve McQueen. Most people, when you think of the Great, uh, when you think of the best motorcycle scene in any movie, even though it's not part of the real story, you're going to think of this movie. This is yeah. It's become such an iconic both movie and scene. So it's just great. It just really works well. So then, then we get a shot of McQue- of Hiltz, who is now lifting up his hands for them to take off the handcuffs that he has. And I always find it really interesting that he still gets to keep his ring. You know, obviously this isn't Schindler's List or anything like that, but uh, I mean, well, he's still, I, he's still get, you know, they're, they're letting them keep jewelry. All right. But don't, don't, don't let me get ahead. But like, we're going to talk about the baseball glove, which is a huge thing for me. We'll get too. there. We'll get there. We'll get so, there. We'll yeah, get yeah. There. Don't, don't jump that far ahead. <laughs> okay. Fine. We still have 40 seconds till we get there. Well, the, <laughs> But this, so so we're we're getting to the 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 walk, right? The no, confidence. not yet. First of all, first of all, no. For that, we we still get Hiltz looking at Posen, as you were talking about a little earlier. He's sizing oh, yeah. up Posen. We know Posen from the from this whole movie. I mean, he's not a new character, so it must be that that he is the new commandant, or he's at least in charge until they bring the new commandant, because he was basically. You think throughout the movie that he's just an aide. To Von Luger. Yeah. But it's well, possible. That's, that's, I mean, you, it would be, I mean, in the army, just like in a lot of things, I, the cliche is like next man up. And like, unless they brought in uh, a replacement commandant when they took the other guy out, then the second in command, the aide, the whoever is going to step up at least temporarily. Right. So. Correct. That's definitely true. Although like. He's sizing him up going like, well, I, you're just the, like, I got your boss gone. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so Pozen just looks at him. Then they take off the, the handcuffs. And as you talked about earlier, he gives that smirk. And they, they, they basically face off with one another. He takes a couple steps forward, takes another quick look. And then he does his walk. As you were talking about, and know. and that walk, like that walk, is all confidence, and it builds as he walks further, like perfectly with the music. Yes. Um. And and what I find interesting there is this is an era where like it wasn't so easy to go picture perfect and score with the film, right? Because like we're we're not talking about digital, uh movie making where like I can run that clip back 
and make sure that the strings come in at just the right moment when he starts that stride. But like the music is not just in time, but in mood with like as he walks. It's marching music. (laughs) It's marching music, but it's like there's a confidence to it because his walk like that stride. It's not it's not just a normal walk like that's he gets more and more confident as it goes along. Right, and Elmer Bernstein did the music after. I mean, it's not as if they 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 had the orchestra sitting there doing it as he, as he's walking. Anyway, I mean, even yeah. before digital time, they were doing that. But I mean, Bernstein, I've said this so many times over all of these episodes that I've done that Bernstein just does such an amazing job with the music in this movie. It's you know what? It's this is not the right uh, feel and and and. Um... Uh, what, what's the word? It's it's not the right. It doesn't feel like a movie uh, from the sixties. No, no. the The music that Bernstein does is is look. I under and I'm not saying this just because they're both military films, but like Stripes comes to mind when I hear the the, the particular score, right? Okay. Be, and and to me, I understand that they're both going for a similar type of score. They're you know they're both military films but like just this especially this moment feels stripes to me because stripes as a score is playful and marching and this particular moment makes it feel playful like a cat that's ready to play with its prey okay there there, there is something to that i i definitely can can agree with you on that and yeah. i mean it is it's bernstein who did both so he was oh, that's right he was somewhat influenced i guess by by, by doing this. I mean, I remember hearing this must have been months ago when I was doing research on this, that that this was a tune that Bernstein had in his head ever since he was a kid. And this movie was the first time that he was able to realize it because it just worked so well with it. So wow. now I have to go back and, and re-listen to the to the score of, of Stripes to see how, how similar it is to this. So yes. for all those listeners out there, go go you can do that too. <laughs> you can go check that out. <laughs> yeah. So basically, he he comes in, starts striding into the compound. We get a, a nice long shot of him as he's walking, and as you said, we see him marching along. He walks past all of the the prisoners, and the prisoners all start smiling at him. And even Ramsey gives him a little bit of a smile as he walks by him. Yeah, which which says a lot. I mean, the, the question is 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 Ramsey smile because he's happy that Hiltz is alive and back? Specifically, is he happy because Every man counts. Is he happy because we know that there were 50 that were killed? So, all right, they're, they're, they've for some reason chosen to to give give us another one back. I, I don't know. So this is my question, because um, that smile um, makes me feel like Hiltz is now taking over for Roger. Like, that's the only thing I can think of, which is why that's – like, yes – all of the things you said are absolutely true, but with Roger gone, who are the brain? Who's the brains now? And I feel like Hiltz is now going to step into that role a bit in terms of planning. I mean, look, he, he's gonna, he's going to be on his own for quite a while. Um, <laughs> we don't know what the, this cooler sentence is, but like all, all we know is like, you know, Roger's gone. So like, who's in charge now? And I feel like as a leader, um, 
it's it's hilts. Okay, well, right? the like movie if... leaves it very ambiguous, and I, I mentioned this uh, earlier this week, I believe, that in the original script, it meant they have a little scene there where Soren starts talking to James Garner, and he says okay. to him that he says, "I've been appointed the new Big X, so we're having a meeting tonight." You know, and and I, I always felt that that scene should have been kept, kept in because it would show even more that they haven't given up. You know, I, Roger's well, dead. I, I, Roger's dead, but we're still moving along. We're not. I think in the smile. A but doesn't doesn't the smile take care of the we're not giving up? I mean, we don't. I mean, you and I get to speculate on who would be in charge again, right? right? But like overall, I think okay, uh, we, we we can't give up hope. You know, right? Look who we got back. We, we're still going to go do our thing, right? Okay, that could be. Again, the movie leaves it very ambiguous, which which is fine. There's nothing wrong with yeah. that. I, 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 that's probably one of the reasons why they cut it out of of the script. Maybe maybe Hiltz, maybe Steve McQueen actually asked them to cut it out because he wanted people to think that he's the one in charge. I don't know. Could, yeah, or <laughs> as, it's as you know said, almost a three hour as much movie. as we want. <laughs> Look, it's almost a three hour movie. Something had to go, right? <laughs> well. <laughs> I, I, I always bring bring this up. There there was a anecdote that I heard on one of the, the commentaries that John Sturgis was telling the story that when they first showed the movie to the executives, so it was a three-hour movie, and some of the executives complained and said, you got to cut some stuff out. And he said, there's nothing to cut out. This is a movie that is building blocks. You need every scene in order to explain what's going on later. And they said, no, no, no you got to cut something out. They said, cut out the whole scene where where we get to see them trying on all the clothes okay they said ah, we don't we don't really need to have to have them trying on the clothes you don't need the scene with griffith just take it out so he said all right he cut it out and then they had a screening for a whole bunch of other executives and then a few executives came over to him afterwards and said wow this was such a great movie but can you tell me where did they get all the clothes that they were wearing <laughs> during the escape and then Sturgis went over to the executives that told him to cut it and said, it's going back in. <laughs> so I, I love that story. I know I've told it a few times, but still, it's fun. Yeah. And then we, we get Hiltz continuing with his, his walk. He actually acknowledges Ramsey. He says, sir. Now, one of the things that's interesting is when you look at all the, the prisoners around there, you don't see Henley there. You don't see any of the others that have that have been re been returned so the assumption yeah. is i guess they're they're in the cooler too you know why is why is hilts the only one who's ever going to into the cooler well but the way that shot though they weren't in the lineup right like they had yeah, you just think they been put, returned you think they'd put henley in there uh, maybe but i mean you mean he went to go they, wash up so he wasn't there or 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 somewhere else or they were being reprocessed quote unquote okay. i guess possible. It's very possible. Yeah. No, they've already they're already back in the in in the camp. So I mean, they're, they're, not being they're already okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We saw them fair. come back into the camp, but whatever. Okay. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It's just it's just interesting. It's also possible that that McQueen requested that you know that Garner isn't there. <laughs> yeah. This is this, this is his moment. So <laughs> this is my moment. <laughs> that's right. So he continues along with his walk, and then we 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 see Goff, our token extra, <laughs> just run down. And he screams out, hey, Hiltz. And he, then he, he's got Hiltz's baseball glove in his hand. And then, you know, you get to see him 
take it, and he tosses it over to Hiltz. And Hiltz grabs it and smiles. He, he like catches it really well. Now no I one just, cares. <laughs> I just I just I just I just still don't understand. Like solitary confinement, as I understand it, is supposed to be boring. And Hiltz is like, I'm gonna practice my like like I'm you know I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch for the Yankees when I get back. You know whatever <laughs> it is like like because even every time he goes in, he goes in with the ball and glove. No, there's one time. Like, there's one time where he doesn't have it when he when he goes in after the the escape. Oh, okay. Under 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 the dirt. That's the one time he doesn't have it. But maybe but he just, got someone to just, smuggle it in for him at some point. Who knows? But just the fact that they didn't like, I I I just I it still it it boggles my mind that at the times that he did take it in, he just carried it in. Yeah. <laughs> like I I know that he's not going to escape with a baseball and a glove, but I mean it's something to do in solitary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I went to try and look online. Now, it, it, it's a known fact, and we've already discussed this, the fact that this baseball glove is a baseball glove from the 60s, so it is very uh, anachronistic here. This is not yeah. the baseball glove that a prisoner in Stalaglyph 3 would have had. I mean, we had a whole episode where we talked about the sports equipment, so there was a hell of a lot of sports equipment, including they had, they had like, I think, I don't remember the number, they had like 30 leagues of baseball teams. They had so many baseball teams in in the in the camp so you're gonna have all, all the equipment there's no question about that but this is his personal equipment yeah, yeah. That, that he needs to have so i went to look online to see if i could actually how much it would cost to buy this type of glove and the only thing i can find is they have actually a a one-sixth size of this glove that you can get that is the replica of steve mcqueen's glove and i think there's it comes with like a hand so i i wasn't sure if that's supposed to be like a replica of Steve McQueen's hand also, which is like really creepy, but <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. So I, I found that you can, you can buy it on eBay for like 30 bucks, but I'm not going to spend that money on that. <laughs> I no, like this movie, no. but I'm not, I don't want a miniature baseball glove with a creepy hand, you know, like, like the thing from, from the Adams family or something like that. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, I'll pass. That's yeah. Fine. Yeah. But, but I have a very old leather glove from, handed down at this point that was an al k line glove Ooh, which right. puts hey, it into some context for how old i'm detroit um go. and um it's actually behind me uh and and it but it's Nobody that size that right <laughs> it's weird it's that size yeah. because like gloves you know for all that they're now massive <laughs> yeah like they used to be that small so yeah i'm I, I'm still there's a part of me that's like I, I I'm just always amazed when he walked in there with it, it the first time and this last time. <laughs> well, the first time he was caught like, with it, so that you can sort of say, all right, he has it on him, whatever. This time he's actually given it beforehand, and no one really cares. <laughs> that's the difference. No. He's not even given it; it's thrown to him, <laughs> and yes. and it's a pretty good throw. I mean, it's it's edited really well. There's there's yeah, a reason no, why why Webster Ferris was was nominated for for an Oscar for editing. It's not for this scene, obviously, <laughs> but but he's still a good editor. It was it, yeah. it was obviously for the jump, but still. <laughs> so Hiltz continues his walk, and he walks past past Goff, who smiles along. Everyone's just smiling at him. You're like, good for you that you got caught and you're going back into the cooler. Or it's actually good for you that you got caught and they didn't kill you. To his credit, though, Hiltz was the one who did the scouting. 
Yeah. Um, so he's the one who probably, di- outside of the actual digging, the scouting was probably the most important thing that could have been done. Right. Uh, for for the escape. I've mentioned this in the original script. Hiltz was, was one of the main diggers also, but they, they changed that, okay. man, which I'm glad they did, even though it makes it look like yeah. he's here in some sort of resort. You know, yeah, <laughs> he's on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, he's making the booze. Yeah, he's, you know, playing a little That's catch. Right. Yeah, why not? Exactly. He's he's in summer camp. We, we discussed this yeah. in one of the first weeks. The fact that that the way a lot of these guys are acting is if they're in summer camp, which I guess makes it more fun to watch. <laughs> and then we yeah. get a, a shot of the cooler again, and we see the shadow of Hiltz, and then the minute stops. And that's how, that's what we got for this minute. That's it. Why don't you tell people how they can get in touch with you? Yeah, I uh, can be found on Twitter at Agent Palmer. You can find the blog. I'm a, I'm a blogger um, on uh, www.agentpalmer.com. And I, I am a podcaster. And you can find my podcast releases every two weeks on Tuesdays, um, uh, wherever you're listening to this, or thepalmerfiles.com. And um, yeah, my, the blog is geeky, nerdy, sport. Well, it's kind of a general interest blog now. Movies, television, books, sports, gaming, you name it. Uh, and then soon to be movies by minute also. <laughs> <laughs> and then the podcast, I just it's it's long form conversational podcast. If you if you've heard of or like Mark Marin's show, that that's a good litmus test for me. I it's just that I'm less famous and most of my guests are also less famous but they, they aspire to be there one day i i mean so do i i guess or, or maybe not or maybe you know, not. May, no i was referring to you also. yeah maybe yeah <laughs> i don't know i don't know i i mean i like where i'm at so <laughs> okay all right that's great <laughs> while you're doing that you can go rate review and subscribe on any podcast you might be using to listen to the show you can send me an email at the great minute at gmail.com our facebook group is the cooler our website is the and our Twitter account is Great Escape MXM. Just for anyone who's paying attention, we only have two more episodes of this season. So as soon as we switch to season two on Monday, because the two episodes that we're going to release are actually going to come out this weekend. We're going to have 171 coming out tomorrow on Saturday and 172, the final episode to come out on Sunday. And then Monday, we start with a whole new season and I'm rebranding. The show will now be called Movie Rob Minute instead of just the great escape minute and starting on monday we're going to be doing season two where we're going to be dealing with planes trains and automobiles the 1987 comedy by john hughes starring steve martin and john candy so hopefully once you're finished listening to everything that we have to say about the great escape you'll want to continue and listen to planes trains and automobiles also so, Jason, you feel like coming back for, for tomorrow for the penultimate episode of this podcast? I, I do. I want to help you bring it home. All right. Very good. So, until tomorrow, tally-ho. Tally-ho. Tally-ho.